ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Steel City stinker. After an inexcusable five-day stretch, have we seen all the Steelers we need to see? Meanwhile, it is the best Sunday schedule of the season. Superstars, center stage in Dallas and KC. We've got you covered. And then, speaking of superstars, did you see what LeBron did last night? He is turning back the clock. And he's a win away from history. All that and more. It's a football Friday, people. Right. Let's do this thing. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Ryan Clark in studio. We had to call the reinforcements after the Steelers took that ass kicking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Explain it away. Look at the squad we got here. Monica's coming up on all the basketball. A whole lot more. Let's do it. Steelers and Patriots. The, the total was 30 points last night. RC, they went over in the first half. Not because of the Steelers. It's Belichick. It's Tomlin. It's the first drive of the game, and it's Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott started this drive with the catch, and he ended it the exact same way, attacking the backup linebacker. He had 28 fantasy points on my bench last night. What a frustrating <laughs> Okay, second quarter, Steelers down 7-3. Mitchell Trubisky, what the actual heck is this? This is going to get a little pressure into his face. He throws the football. Oh. Great play by Jabril Peppers. And when Mitchell Trubisky is your quarterback, you're trying to find a way to hope and have faith. And I lost it all last night. Yeah, and so did everybody else. Hey, Bartholomew, how about Bailey Zappi and Hunter Henry hooking up last night? I am wacky for Zappi. I'm concerned when they play the Jets, we may go over. Henry on his 29th birthday with a touchdown there. And here comes another one. It's an offensive explosion in the this first This is a half. great play call by Bill O'Brien, Hunter Henry on the fake screen, and if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're wondering if Bill O'Brien will switch sidelines mid-game. All right, well, going to the other sideline, here's Trubisky. This is Deontay Johnson. This game is 21-10 at the half. Are you saying it's a chance? The game total was 30 before kickoff on ESPN Bet. Now, fourth quarter, Steelers down 21-10. This is a fourth and two, and they're not going to oh. get it. You know what? This is where the depression starts to sit in. Look at George Pickens in the side, in the end zone. He understands that this is just not good enough. But their special teams come up with a big play. Miles Killebrew with the block punt. Exactly what they need on a night where their offense gave the net block. I tell you, hey, I tell you what, the second half looked exactly Rico like we thought it was supposed to. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky takes it in 21-18 after a two-point try. Two minutes left to go. Can the Steelers find a way to win it? The answer is no. Fourth and two. This is your play? Right. This this is right when I was about to throw my phone through the Seaport 33 TV because I understood that the Pittsburgh Steelers had zero clue of how to win a football game. Patriots win. Steelers frustration. Minka, talk to me. I think that, you know, dudes just think that because they're wearing the black and gold that they're going to win games. And I think we need, to, we need to check that mentality and make people realize that they got to earn that mentality and they got to earn every single blade of grass. You know, every single splash play and every single rep that they get out there, they, they got to earn it.
All right, so I'm not, I feel like I've heard those exact words before. It's not just the, 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 the colors. It's, not, it's every blade of grass. I feel like I've heard you say that before. I, I absolutely have because there are people who actually remember winning in those colors, right? When you walk into the, the facility on the south side, when you get to the top of the stairs, there's a, a trophy case with six Lombardis. And everybody thinks that they're entitled to be a piece of that, but you aren't. And that's exactly what Mika Fitzpatrick is talking about. You're looking at a guy that played safety for Alabama and Nick Saban. He understands winning. And when he gets into the organization in Pittsburgh, he understands how to go about his work every day. He's looking at people that don't know how to go about their work. He's looking at people in the locker rooms with him that don't, know under, that don't understand accountability. And when you start a game against the New England Patriots, a team that couldn't score points the last three weeks but has only given up 10 you realize if you give up 21 of them that you aren't prepared. And so when you aren't prepared, and this is going to be something you've never heard me say, when you aren't prepared, it has to start at the head coach. Mm. Is he my favorite head coach in football? Absolutely. Do I believe he goes about his work the same way every day, every week? Absolutely. And what I'm saying is that has to change. He has to also understand that the people in his locker room don't understand effort. The people in his locker room don't understand execution. So the same messaging that would get across to the Troy Palomalus, the same messaging that would get across to the Ben Roethlisberger's, are not connecting with these young men in the locker room. Mm. So Mike Tomlin has to change. What they do offensively has to change. And the effort and the sort of accountability and pressure put on those people in that locker room has to be different or nothing will change when it comes to the outcome of games. The thing to me that has to change on offense RC specifically is George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth. Those are two really good players that can be difference makers. Last night, they had a total of 37 yards and 13 targets. They're not going to get to where they want to go unless those two players are more involved in the offense. So when your quarterback can't go through his progressions and read defenses, then he can't get the ball to him because they understand yeah. and he can't push the ball down the field. So this isn't a Steelers offense problem because we saw them have an explosion the, the following week after they after they um, fired the uh, coordinator. Right. So this isn't, to me, about that. It's about... Once again, the backup quarterback in the NFL is starting to become one of the most premier positions because you have to depend on them. You know, Danny, you, you made an interesting point in our meeting this morning. The last five days, the Steelers have to some degree looked like what we thought they were, and yet their record didn't seem to show it. A week ago, they're 7-4, and four, right? I mean, so, like, th there was reason for people in that locker room to think that we put this uniform on, we're going to win. Like, they, they were winning. We didn't, we didn't know how. Right? It didn't make any sense, but they were winning these games. And now they've had a, a disqualifyingly bad five-day stretch. I mean, when you lose consecutive home games to a pair of 2-10 and ten teams, two of the worst teams in the league, a team in New England that, that can't score, that had, that had scored, what, 13 total points in its last three games, yeah. comes in and hangs 21 on you in the first half, there's something wrong. And, and I think it's probably good for the Steelers in the big picture that this is happening because you don't want to sit there and, and, and make the playoffs with a substandard team and fool yourselves into thinking you're something you're not. They do have to change some things. They have to examine, obviously we can't, this game has nothing to do with Kenny Pickett, but that's the big question for them going forward. Is the offense good enough? Who are they going to bring in to run the offense, right? Are the guys that replace Matt Canada in season candidates, are they going to show you enough to get the job? So I, I think there are big, significant franchise decisions that have to be made in Pittsburgh this offseason, and it's 
it, it stinks for the fans, but it's probably better for the team to go through a stretch you, like you, this. You know why so this is, know you know why this is good? Because this is like a silent movie, right? In a silent movie, if you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers games without the sound, if you watch the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers game without the scoreboards, yeah. they look like the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. If you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers and you don't know what the outcome is, they look like the New England Patriots. The only difference was they were finding ways to win right. because you had Hall of Famers like T.J. Watt. Yeah. And if you kept him close, he was going to make a play. And here is my suggestion. You hear Mike Tannenbaum say, well, Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens. You know what I would do? It's time for somebody to make a statement in that locker room. If you act like Deontay Johnson, ain't no way in hell you getting the shot on fourth and two. If you act like Deontay Johnson, ain't no way in hell you're getting an opportunity to score a touchdown. If we ain't going to be good anyway, at least be who we are supposed to be. A team that's going to be held accountable. A team that's going to show up every day, every play, and give everything they got, whether they're good enough or not. And for sure as hell, we ain't going to reward the people that don't. And so if you're looking at this locker room, if you're Minka Fitzpatrick, that's the frustration. The frustration is people who aren't putting their hand in the pile every single play are being rewarded for just wearing the colors. And that starts with Mike Tomlin. That that is a a big statement. I want to come back to this. Obviously, there's a lot of passion for this team that is about as popular as any in the entire NFL. We'll have wall-to-wall football today except this. Let me take you through the two semifinals last night from the in-season tournament. Extraordinary drama last night. Pelicans and Lakers. It's the youngsters against the grand old man, the king. They are watching the trophy. And this was LeBron James putting on a show Look at the stretch he puts together. At one point, LeBron scores 11 consecutive Lakers points, and he is knocking down threes from all over the building. I mean, that one is literally from the logo. Again, in total, it's 11 consecutive Laker points for LeBron James, who was four for four uh, from three-point range on the night. Just took this game over completely. It was a game in the first quarter, and then by no means was it anymore. They exploded in the second, put it away in the third, and in the end, LeBron would only have to play 22 and a half minutes, still putting 30 points on the board, and the Lakers pull away for a huge win. Here's LeBron throwing it up. Anthony Davis had 16 and 15 on the night, and so they win it 133 to 89 to advance to the in-season final. Hey, Coach, how about LeBron? So I'll just stick to one word. Extraordinary. Otherworldly. That's two. I know, I know Dan. <laughs> a one-of-one. One. That's a phrase. That's not a word. LeBron James, 22 <laughs> days from now, will be 39 years old. Monica McNutt, I don't know what to say. I mean, what we're, what, what we're watching here, it, it is beyond historic. What do we say about what we are seeing from LeBron James right now? Well, Greeny, I've decided that we need to get rid of the word OLD and we need to call him the most successfully tenured NBA player currently in the league. Because every time he steps out on the court and is healthy, he continues to mystify with what he's able to do. What I thought was actually spectacular about last night is obviously he set the tempo in terms of I want to win this game. I'm going to show my guys how we're going to go about doing it. But you mentioned it. The fact that he's able to play less than 23 minutes and then the cast around him is able to get quality minutes and what all players playing in the in-season tournament have described as a playoff-like atmosphere 
to me, only bodes well. And it looks very reminiscent of how we saw this team look last spring when they started to really find their stride. Absolutely. I mean, they look really good, but I just want to make one more point about him. There have been other great, all-time greats who've played to this age. Michael Jordan came back and played at this age. Kareem played at this age, and others have. At no point were any of them the best player in the league. Monica, I, I think, mm -hmm. I believe LeBron James is still the best, right this minute, is the best player in the world, and he's almost 39 years old. I mean, I completely understand how you get there, Greeny, because he continues to put on such um, effective displays of both his basketball IQ, his athletic ability. We saw, we saw him shift gears yesterday. It wasn't like he just stood behind the three-point line and launched threes, which in and of itself would still be impressive. But when he's getting to the paint, when he's showing the physicality that he still has, when he's making a guy like Zion look like he's completely disinterested and he's supposed to be next up in the league, like, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I had this conversation with Kevin Durant at Phoenix a couple weeks ago. He kind of said, we got to get rid of just labeling guys old based on their age or injury prone. If you're still being effective as a Bron is, you deserve the credit. Absolutely right. Meantime, the early game last night, the early semifinal, which you saw here on ESPN, was a fabulous game. The budding superstar Tyrese Halliburton against the great Giannis and company. This one was great. Fourth quarter, eight minutes to go. Halliburton throws it up. Obi Toppin throws it down. It's a one-point game. Midway through the fourth, Giannis. Look at him go through the lane, the Euro step, 37 and 10 for Giannis last night. Now we're two minutes to play in the game. Pacers by three. It's Halliburton taking it strong. That extends the lead to five. Tyrese Halliburton, 27 points, 15 assists, zero turnovers, and this one was the dagger. And look at him doing the Dame celebration. Pacers win it, and they advance to the championship game. Monica, who do we like tomorrow night? Lakers, Pacers for the oh title. Oh, my. Greedy, I did not think that this would be this difficult. You're going to have a clash of two styles, right? Like the, the Pacers up and down. It's beautiful. It's fun. But there's a physicality that the Lakers play. And if this thing truly feels like a playoff atmosphere, they say you need experience, so I'm going Lakers. Me too. Monica, stay close. Thanks for getting up with us here. We are just getting started. Back to our Football Friday in a moment. Dak has been terrific, but will his greatness be defined on Sunday night? What statement does he need to make? And then speaking of statements, Kansas City, Josh Allen, desperate. Patrick Mahomes needs to get the offense going. Is an upset brewing? We're talking about it next. It's a Football Friday. It's Get Up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals we are back on get up and it is time for a game of what are the chances hey bart what are the chances that tyreek hill has over 100 receiving yards on sunday uh, I would say 100%, but nothing's 100%, so I'm going 99.9% <laughs> Greeny. Almost at 1,500, he definitely going to get 100. He is on a mission. That's the MVP of the league right there. Yeah, we rounded <laughs> it up to 100 for the graphic. Parenthetically, I misspoke. Their game is Monday, but I think the point is still made. Mike T, the Jets haven't scored 10 or more points in three of their last five games. What are the chances they score 10 on Sunday? I would have said 1%, but since I'm sitting next to you, I had to double it to two. <laughs> yeah, look, Zach Wilson is back in. But this Houston defense is getting better. They got some really good young players. Will Anderson, Derek Stanley, John and Jonathan Greenard has eight and a half sacks. So to me, Zach Wilson's back. I don't think that's going to make a difference. RC, Josh Allen has had at least one turnover in each of his last eight games. What are the chances he makes it nine straight against Kansas City? Um, as high as Dan Graziano elbowing me at some point throughout this show because we're <laughs> sitting that closely under control of one another. But when you look at Josh Allen, he's a guy that will turn the ball over. But you also think about what he's been with Joe Brady at the helm as offense coordinator, and it's been absolutely explosive. Okay. I once again would like to point out, and I'm going to point the finger of blame directly at our coordinating producer, a man we know as Fink. Because every question is favorable. It's flattering. Will Tyreek Hill have 100 yards? Will uh, Jalen Hurts have three touchdowns? Josh Allen, will he turn the ball over? It's always, will he turn the ball over? We <laughs> skew. Over. We, and by we, I mean us. I've been betrayed by, from the, it's coming from inside the house. We have been, be, the, the Josh Allen slander RC is getting to be a lot. I'm getting tired I don't, of it. I, I don't necessarily believe it's Josh Allen slander. Because I think when you ask everyone's opinion of Josh Allen. They talk about how talented of a quarterback he is. But they talk about how dynamic he can they be. They always include the word but at the end of it. You know what? They, they, they don't include the word but. They include things that are called facts. 
Because the facts are, in the last eight games, he's turned the football over. The facts are the Denver Broncos are in the game because you turn it over three times. The facts are you lose to the New York Jets week one because he turns it over four times. Those are the facts. Now, you can talk about all of the other things as well. You can talk about how dynamic he was getting outside of the pocket, using his legs against the Philadelphia Eagles. You can talk about the fact that he was able to push the football down the field and also operate with patience when he had to. And when you do that, you're also going to have to say that the Philadelphia Eagles were able to get points because Josh Allen threw the football to James Bradbury. That is the Josh Allen story. That is the Josh Allen art. It doesn't make him someone that's not a good quarterback, but it does make him someone that is turnover prone. Yeah, you, you, you would still take him over almost anyone in the yeah. league, but it comes with turnovers. It just does. That's not slander. It's the truth. I mean, th- th- there is. He can't handle the truth. Eight yeah. games and interception. Like, no, that's, I, that's it. I, yeah, I see. He likes Santiago. I, uh, look, I see it totally differently. Like, this is a guy that's second in the league in rushing touchdowns, second in the league in passing touchdowns. <sighs> and the people that are complaining about his interceptions are the people that are complaining, complaining about paying taxes after you win the lottery. It's the cost of doing business. These are great problems to have. And besides Kansas City, I don't think there's any team in the league that would say I would have my quarterback than Josh Allen. We don't. We don't disagree. Like you yeah, said, I, I totally disagree. We're not, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Like like it, it, it's just a fact of life. All right. So I think there's one thing we can all agree on. We blame Fink uh, for the negativity <laughs> of it. Now, Bart, let me come to you. Let me yeah. reverse the question because I've done a lot on Josh Allen this okay. weekend. I'll come back to him a little bit later. But in the AFC, I'm old enough to remember when the AFC was going to be the greatest conference of all time, and they have been dropping like flies. So as of this moment, does the road to the Super Bowl still go through Kansas City? I don't mean literally, but figuratively. Does the road still go through Kansas City? No, I think it goes through Miami or either Baltimore, one of those teams. I think they're more complete, more sound. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go huh. and you get mm-hmm. into the playoffs, RC understands you need to pack your run game and your defense. And both of those teams have both. You know, you talk about Kansas City. You know, they offensively, they, they, they leave a lot to be desired, right? Mm-hmm. If they get in shootouts, if you get ahead of them, can Mahomes or will Mahomes trust those receivers to be able to make the play? Or will he depend heavily on Kelsey and teams use that against them? You think about Josh Allen, he reminds me of Brett Favre, right? You take the good with the bad. Now, it's about the timing of the bad. And Josh Mm. Allen has had the bad timing of the bad, which causes his team, you know, opportunities. You don't get those great plays. It's too much inconsistency. It's either extreme highs or extreme lows. You agree with this? The the, the road, is Kansas City still the team to beat? No, Michael Jordan's playing baseball. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is the year that you yeah, this, this is the year Elijah wanted them going with. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, this is those years. You know, because it's been so difficult to win in yeah. the AFC because of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And it felt like the Chicago Bulls that no matter who you were, we would just pick the Chiefs. We was like, yeah, it could be close, but they got Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. That's different this year because of the people that are supporting Patrick Mahomes because they've had the inability to step up. And I think now we're trying to figure out if he is going to press yeah. to make some of these plays without some of that help from Matt Nagy, the play caller. I want to see who on this set. I haven't seen the picks yet. Let's put them up, Cindy. Okay, so we're split right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me coming over to you, Graziana. You like Buffalo in this game? I do. I, do. I think they need it more, right? I mean, where they are in the standings, the do Chiefs. They? Yeah, they do. I mean, the Chiefs are. Who's catching the Chiefs in the AFC West? They need home field advantage. They do need they home field advantage, that. but but I mean, I, I don't. I, I think Buffalo Buffalo knows how to go in there and win. I saw them do it last year in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, and their offense is. It's just Good. better. I mean, it's been better consistently throughout the year than Kansas City's. So Kansas City's defense has been excellent this year. But I think Buffalo coming off a bye, 
I, I, I just think they're set up for this game in a way that uh, – On the call, initially, I picked the Bills. And then I was like, God dang it, Patrick Mahomes. And I'm going to be honest. It's that feeling of, of understanding – these two quarterbacks and the arc and the story of the quarterbacks and the importance of this game, I believe Patrick Mahomes finds a way. But here's why Michael Jordan's going to be playing baseball for more than one year. I've heard Dan Orlovsky say the same thing. Kansas City's offensive line, when they got the waxed tackles. in the Super Bowl yeah. by Tampa Bay, they had to fix the offensive line. They did that. Mm-hmm. Those tackles aren't good enough. Buffalo could rush the passer, and that's okay. the difference this ten week. Seconds, but but, but, but the seconds. interior of that offensive line is solid, right? It's you talk about anybody. who am I going to trust, who's the best unit in this game, I say the Kansas City defense. Oh. That's what turns over um, Josh Allen. That's the determinant factor. Don't forget ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN for exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities. By the way, mine hit last night. Oh. Sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets. After making any sports book bet, download the app. Sign up today. What a play. Coming up, the game of the night will be at night, Sunday. Who has more at stake this weekend than Dak and the Cowboys? The answer is no one. We'll tell you why the season depends on this matchup next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. It's the biggest rematch of the year on the biggest NFL weekend of the year. Dak and the Cowboys look for revenge against Jalen and the Eagles. And Monday, we'll be live telling you everything you need to know about how it all went down. First up, 8 a.m. Eastern, get up with me, Greeny, and my entire Monday crew as we break it down from every angle. And then it's my turn as I face off with Shannon Sharp and we debate whether the Cowboys can win it all. And it all wraps up with me and my boys on an overreaction Monday live from the Thunder. It's a Monday, and you can't miss anything on ESPN. That's the game of the year uh, so far, and now we're 48 hours away. Now, you'll recall the Eagles won the first meeting against the Cowboys 28-23 in Week 9. Dallas has, however, won each of its last five home games against Philly dating back to 2018, and they've won 14 straight at home. The Eagles are also coming off by far their worst performance of the season, a 23-point loss against the 49ers. They haven't lost consecutive games with Jalen Hurts 
since back in week six and seven of the 2021 season. And on the other side, Dak Prescott has been sensational. In fact, he's been brilliant in every game since they lost to San Francisco. So he wasn't thrilled when that came up yesterday. How much did you appreciate CD speaking up after the 49er game saying, we got to get our act together a little bit? We still back there? <laughs> <laughs> well, look where you are now. Look where you were and look where you yeah, are now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, y'all panicked. <laughs> we didn't. Honestly. That's a T-shirt, right? I mean, y'all panicked. We didn't. If it all works out well for the Cowboys, we'll see. And by the way, as we welcome Chris Canty over to our set from Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, Mike T made the point. We now have the entire defense covered. We got the line, we got the linebacker, and we're in the secondary. Why they squeeze so. my dog in here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Chris is one of the biggest humans I'm ever around in any of my weeks, and they try to get my dog in this little bitty spot. Well, he is he's in the middle seat right now. <laughs> like, careful what you wish for. RC's on the window and Graziano's on the aisle, but we will start with our guest here. Nice enough to make it over here. Cowboys, Eagles. I, we can't fit everybody's picks on the screen, but I can tell you ahead of time, you're the only person here who likes Philly. Why? Because the Jalen Hurts doesn't lose back-to-back games. The last time it happened was week six and seven back in 2021, right. which was his first full season as a starter. So I think everybody's overreacting to the performance that we saw last Sunday when they got boat raced by the 49ers. But if you looked at that spot, their defense in back-to-back weeks had been on the field for over 30 minutes, which is a lot. They played 92 snaps in that over time game against the Buffalo Bills so it was a natural spot to have a letdown as far as that unit's concerned and here's the other thing the complexion of that game against the 49ers is completely different if the Eagles take advantage of their red zone trips in the first quarter yeah they, they went over in both of those red zone opportunities yeah and, and we know that this is a different San Francisco 49ers team when they're playing from behind as opposed to when they're playing from ahead so I guess in looking at this matchup against the Cowboys I like the Philadelphia Eagles just because I believe in the strengths of this team up front, both sides of the ball. Well, so it's interesting. So you weren't with us on Monday because you were on the road with Monday Countdown. But there's really sort of two schools of thought on Philly. One of them is exactly what Chris Canty just said. That was the ideal spot for them to have a terrible game. The other is that they've been kind of teetering on the edge yeah, all sure. year long and it finally caved in on them, which is right in your well, mind. Well, I don't think either is necessarily right. One, they ran into a buzzsaw that's the best team in football in the San Francisco 49ers. Uh-huh. And a lot of times we talk about teams that are bad matchups. The San Francisco 49ers, when healthy, are a bad matchup for everyone, mm-hmm. including the Philadelphia Eagles, and maybe more so the Philadelphia Eagles, given some of the problems at the linebacker position and in the secondary. But when you look at this game, to me, with the Dallas Cowboys, boys it's not the same sort of matchup but my concern is on the other side of that is yes we've seen Jalen Hurts stand up consistently and I talk about that all the time even when I was asked to pick between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen going into that game but I'm worried about offensive coordinator Brian Johnson Mm -hmm. why are we starting games in every single one of them that we've become a drop back team now that we want Jalen Hurts to sit in the middle of the pocket and stand over the queue and figure out how we're going to pick apart zones what happened to running the football what happened to the RPOs what happened to using Jalen Hurts' legs is his knee truly hindering hindering him from being that dual threat quarterback and Are we going to move the pocket to give him opportunities to be the sort of quarterback that could scare you with his decision-making? And so I think those things have to change. And on the other end, right now, I just think the Dallas Cowboys are better. I think the Dallas Cowboys are playing with more confidence. I think the Dallas Cowboys had a game against the Seattle Seahawks where their quarterback had to dig deep before having to dig deep this week. 
and that's why I picked Duke. And they also have the rest advantage again, to the point you made earlier. They have they have the little mini buy back to back weeks. The Eagles are playing a team yeah. that had played the previous Thursday, so a little edge. How about the psychology of it? The Eagles got punched in the face mm-hmm. last week. That can go two ways. It can make you question yourself Not or it can make you come out swinging. What do you expect? Well, listen, every one of us have understood that we have those tough games, those tough periods of our mm-hmm. schedule. Just like in basketball with back-to-backs and traveling and all that stuff, these are scheduled losses for Philadelphia, right? They've ca- they came off of playing Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco. We know as playing against each other as Steelers and Ravens that we used to beat each other up, and it hurt us as a battle of attrition. And right now the Philadelphia Eagles look like a tired football team. Remember, you know, they, they are a team that played late into the season, played in the Super Bowl. You don't recover as fast as the older team. When you think about Kelsey, Lane, Johnson, Graham, their leaders. They're going to get right. This game isn't as important to Philadelphia as it is to Dallas. Dallas needs to figure out that they can beat a team led by Jalen Hurts. But understand that, listen, it's a sprint. It's not a, it's a, it's not a, mar- it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. They have New York, Arizona, New York. This is a tired team that's going to get healthy and rested at the end of the season because they have three homecoming games. Dallas has their homecoming. They had their homecoming schedule early. The Eagles' schedule after this gets much lighter, which is why the Cowboys, if the Cowboys are going to have any chance of winning the division, they have to win Sunday night. If not, the NFC East race is over. 100%. Whoever wins this game Sunday night wins the division. And the key of this game, Greeny, Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson has 21 catches since week nine, and that's when this Cowboy offense has done this. And the Philadelphia Eagles defend the tight end position worse since 2016. The Cleveland Browns that went 1-15. Thanks, Hembo. But when you look at the middle of the defense, don't ask me. Ask Howie Roseman, their GM, who in the last couple of weeks went out and signed Shaq Leonard, Mm -hmm. trade for Kevin Kevin Meyer. Jake Ferguson is the key to this offense because it opens up the middle of the field, and this is where the Eagles have uh, struggled. I agree with the idea that Dallas comes in playing better. I, I know Mike T likes this stat from last year. Every team that played the 49ers lost the fo- – no, no team that played the 49ers won the following week. Yeah. Right? They, mm-hmm. they take something out of you, yeah. I think, and especially when they, when they performed the way they did last week against the Eagles. I just think Dallas is, is, is set up better for this game. They're at home yeah. where they've not just been undefeated, but they dominate people at, at home. So – I think it's 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 risky to pick Dallas in a big game. They do tend to kind of let you down historically, but yeah. I think in this particular situation, they need it. They're at home. They're just in better shape right now overall right. than the Eagles are. Canty, how about the Dak factor here? Some people on this set have called it the biggest regular season game of his career. In fact, Dan Orlovsky sitting right there the other day said he's never <laughs> gone into a game with this level of expectation. Like the world, for the oh. first time, expects him to go out there and throw 400 yards and four touchdowns and all that sort of thing. What, what do you expect from him? On I don't Sunday? think Dak Prescott has been the front runner for MVP week 14 or later. So, yeah, quite literally, it is the biggest game of his career from an individual standpoint. Mm-hmm. But then also when you look at the regular season success and what this means for the Dallas Cowboys, they win this football game. Now it's on the board that they could actually win the division yep. and potentially have the number one seed in the NFC. And so with as good as how this team plays at home, that is invaluable in terms of their prospects of going on a deep playoff run which is why the magnitude of this game is bigger for Dak than we've ever seen for him in any other regular season game. Green, we touched on this last week. You, if that happens the way Chris said, just think about this. If you're Dak Prescott, with the division, maybe the MVP, 
have a great postseason run. And what does that set you up for? The highest paid player in the sport. Well, he is the next guy up. Isn't Tool getting But hold up. I'm going to tell you what it also sets you up for. Mike McCarthy, if you get bounced in the second round or earlier with an MVP quarterback with that defense and knowing where the Cowboys are with their roster construction – all of a sudden, it ends up being an interesting decision for Jerry Jones in the offseason. The, the, the success of Mike McCarthy, the play caller, could be to the detriment of the longevity of Mike McCarthy, the head coach in Dallas. But if, you, if, you, if you're Mike McCarthy and you coach him to be the MVP and you've had this offense playing at a high level, how can you blame him? It's going to fall on the shoulders of the quarterback because he's proven that he can't win the big game when it counts the most. Nobody cares about regular season success. I love Dan, but Dan doesn't understand but, but, what, when, when, when it's about winning Super Bowls and playoff games. Regular season? Who cares? No, but, but the point is. But the point is, though, if, if, what, yeah. what he's saying is it's, it's not going to be about the regular season. It's going to be about the playoff yeah, setting success. Setting up the postseason. Because, because you're not going to be able to question Dak Prescott, the player, if he wins the MVP. Exactly. Or if they lose the game and he plays well. Yep. What it's going to be is what does the delegator do? What does the guy that has to lead us do? How did Mike McCarthy fail in that moment? And I do believe Jerry Jones is getting to that point where it's about playoff success over everything. Or Mike McCarthy. McCarthy just got out of the hospital with acute <laughs> appendicitis. We wish you nothing but the best, Coach, and good luck on Sunday. But I think the point that my team makes is a good one. We will, there will be a morning this, this, this offseason, Dan, where you and I will be sitting here on this set, and you will turn to me and say, hey, Greeny, we have a story. Uh, Dak Prescott is now the highest-paid player in NFL history, right? That will happen I, I no matter what. That does happen at some because he's due for an extension this offseason. Look. A little bit difficult to forecast it just because the last time he went through this with the Cowboys, it was more complicated yeah. than we thought. So we don't necessarily assume that, that, that he'll want to sign back up with that. There's, there's all that to work out. Uh, but whatever his next contract is, I do believe Mike T is absolutely correct. It will set a new bar for quarterback. Look, have you watched the quarterback I, play around the NFL this year? Yeah. I mean, Dak, Dak Prescott is playing at a level that maybe six, but, five, or the six other players could on their best day. Final but, thought. But also, when you talk about you have to look at what Patrick Mahomes is, what's happening. Patrick Mahomes' contract has cost him Frank Clark, has cost him Tyreek Hill, and then are you Orlando asking, Brown. Orlando Brown. So are you asking yourself, telling you that if Dak can't win with this team, you're going to make him the highest-paid player, Michael Parsons the highest-paid player, CeeDee Lamb the highest-paid player. Your margin for error is going to fall exponentially. It will. But, but someone's going to do it. If the Cowboys out. don't do it, somebody will. Why are you tired? Right, right, right. I need a Wakanda forever. I start training neck again. I right. got to get my man back. I got to get my man back. Unsportsmanlike, coast to coast every weekday morning on ESPN Radio. You are the best. Can't you? Thank you very much. Meanwhile, don't forget the inaugural NBA in-season tournament championship game is tomorrow night, 830 Eastern on ABC and the ESPN app. It's LeBron and the Lakers. It's Halliburton and the Pacers. NBA Countdown tips it off from Vegas at 8. Coming up next, fascinating conversation. Is Justin Fields playing for his job right now, or is there nothing he can do that matters? We've got some ideas that might surprise you when they're on the way on a Football Friday on ESPN. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. 
Presented by Allstate. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Jimmy, my man up there. I know in spirit you're up there with Stuart Scott watching what we're doing or thinking about us. And I will tell you this, Jimmy V, my man, we are not going to stop. Stop chasing the dream of raising dollars in your dream. Jimmy's dream was to beat cancer. And we must do it. We're doing everything we can, and we ask for your help during this V Week at ESPN and any time of the year. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. We continue on a Football Friday on Get Up here on ESPN. The game is called Who You Got? Let's put some picks up on the screen. Mike T, Rams, Ravens, who do you like? I got a little bit of an upset here. I'm going with the Rams. I think they're a little bit under the radar. Matt Stafford is resurgent. He's only been sacked 20 times, which is the fifth least. Puka Nakua is going to be probably the rookie of the year if it wasn't, obviously, for C.J. Stroud. And Kyron Williams could run the ball. A little bit of an upset, but they're playing good football. What's not an upset is that Bartholomew likes the Ravens. Talk to me, Bart. Hey, come on, man. This is the Baltimore Ravens coming off a bye. Action Jackson's, you know, refreshed. He understands what the mission is, the dash for the number one seed so they can have the first round bye, and it goes through M&T Bank Stadium. It's on and popping. Yeah, I like the Ravens because the Ravens have an opportunity to host playoff games and maybe host the AFC Championship if they get there. They understand what's at stake, and they know they didn't play well offensively against the Chargers. I expect Todd Munkin to call a great game. Talk to me, Danny. Coach like John Harbaugh coming off a bye, I think, is very hard to beat. In terms of preparation, he'll have them ready to go. It's the Ravens. Next game, uh, this is AFC West. Bartholomew, we got Broncos and Chargers. Who you got? I'm going with the Broncos. I think, you know, defensively they can, you know, really make it tough. And you see the, the Chargers struggled last week against New England. And um, you, you look at the fact that, you know, the Broncos are playing better offensively. Russell Wilson is playing at a high level. I like the Broncos and I like Whoa. what they're doing. Well, I'm just saying. High level? High, well, high, high, high level. High, high enough level. 199 right? passing yards a game. I mean, that's, I guess that's high. That's enough with that type of defense that's playing like a top Russell, five defense. So you're saying, Russell Wilson, you're, you're not sold. I, I have been yelled at. By our He's mutual friend, Mr. Orlovsky, and others, man. that Russell Wilson is playing high-level football. No, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is not playing high-level football. Russell Wilson is playing good enough football. If you actually tap into the game against the Houston Texans and Sean Payton forgot who the hell they had been the last few weeks, mm-hmm. they opened up trying to push the football down the field. He was not good. He did throw interceptions. He did make mistakes. He stopped taking the check down. He decided that he wanted to cook again. We're not asking you to cook. We're looking for right. oatmeal. We're looking for cereal. We're looking for ramen. We want those sorts of things that you heat up very quickly but that are very safe. I mean, Khalil Mack's having one of the best seasons that we don't talk about. But I just think that, you know, that defense – no, I think they win this game yeah. because I think Sean Payton's going to look at the film from last week and say, I lost my goddamn mind. Yeah. And also because the Chargers just find ways to lose half. every week. Go ahead. Sometimes you go down the list and make the picks, and you're like, I don't like either one of these teams. <laughs> I'm going to flip a coin. <laughs> I, I got to be honest, that's what I did there. Final word, quickly. 
Denver has to turn the ball over for them to win. That's what's been the key to it. I don't think the Chargers do it. That's why they win. Okay, well, look, but that's because like Justin Herbert is your adopted son, so I'm not even <laughs> listening. One more. Lions and Bears, before you think to yourself, oh, this is obviously Detroit. Bears should have beat yes. them when they played each other the first time. RC, who you got? I'm going to go with the Lions. The Lions aren't playing at the level that they started the season. They found a way to win against the Saints after kind of giving up a big lead last week. But they'll watch that film and understand that Jared Goff turning the football over against the Chicago Bears can't happen. They'll figure out ways to stop Justin Fields from running the football, which was big. And so I think the Lions win this game. Well, as you see, everybody likes the Lions and certainly common sense suggests they should win this game. So let me change up the topic real quick because it's been interesting all week long. Mike T, you're my general manager. Let me sell you on the following idea. We've got Justin Fields. We've practically ruined him, but he is a talented player (laughs) with with the right coaching staff and the right everything could turn out good. And we take this first pick in the draft we're going to have and we trade it for a king's ransom. Three ones and two twos and whatever else it is that you get. And we build a real team around Justin Fields going forward instead of taking the unknown of the first pick in the draft and we build a team that way make him our Herschel Walker how do you like it nope nope not at all that's it that's it we're moving on from Justin Fields and here's why Greeny the value of a rookie quarterback contract even if he goes out as we talked about and gets that B deal like a Daniel Jones that's approximately double what we're going to pay Caleb Williams so as Bart talked about earlier about what happens when you pay a veteran quarterback we don't have to we're going to get Caleb Williams for at least the next three years at really good numbers, and then we're going to exercise the fifth-year option, and we're going to go get good players right now that we could go win with with Kay Williams. Do you, even if we think Justin Fields is a B, we have to go on and reset that contract. Where's Where's the other pick right now? Are they one in four? They, 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 I think they were one in five last I looked, can, something can, like that. Can, can you try to trade the fifth pick? And, and, and get some more draft capital so, if you course. get Caleb Williams. Sure, but the question I have is about Fields. Yeah. I, I'm asking you about Fields. Yeah, he's done there. He's done there. He's done there, yeah. Just, just, just is he Fields. someone's starting absolutely. quarterback? Absolutely, absolutely. Week Justin, one of next year. Absolutely. Justin Fields is extremely talented. Justin Fields has shown you what he can do with both his arms and his legs. And this is the way the NFL works. Everybody's a fixer. Somebody's going to turn this film on and watch this explosivity of this quarterback, see the young talent of this young man, and say, you know what, we can fix him. He was in a bad situation, which is true. He was in a situation where they didn't surround him with, with the right people, which is true. He was in a situation where they didn't have the right sort of coach, which is true, and they're going to attempt to fix Justin Fields and get those things out of them that they saw in him coming out of Ohio State. I think that's the most likely outcome. Somebody, He's somebody else's starter, or at least goes to somebody's camp with a chance to be somebody else's starter next year because of the, what Mike T's talking about and the possibility for leadership change in Chicago, right? Yeah. Like, we're watching that for a potential head coach opening. Quarterback. We're watching that for a potential. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to – with the GM, yeah. like, we don't know what they're going to do, but – uh, it could just be people yeah. that want to make. Their own to decisions. RC's point, like we see that Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, these high picks get resurrected. Obviously, Geno was a second round pick, but they get resurrected someplace else. Okay. We, we know that Justin Fields can play already, though. We didn't know if Geno can play. Right. Uh, you look at the fact that you know you passed on C.J. Stroud last year. Right. Mm. Right. You can't do that twice. Right. Now, the the question, the real question is, would uh, would, would Williams come here? Um, the Caleb, 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 Caleb. Caleb. Will, will he come or will he kind of try and force himself like an Eli Manning say I, I refuse to play there I don't want to sign I'll go back to college and do that whole thing because if it's Drake May I don't think you do that but if it's Caleb you go for it but you can trade Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons probably for a number two second round pick and now you have more you know uh, ammunition to move back in the first round and get three picks instead of two RC you put that Arthur Smith everyone keeps telling me what a great offensive mind he yeah. is you put Justin Fields at quarterback on just, that team just, Justin year? Fields Justin Fields 
Mitchell's in Arthur Smith's office, which he wants to run the football, absolutely changes the entire organization. RP you Lord. add him with B. John Good Robinson, yeah, yeah. you know what you have on the outside. Maybe they figure out that Kyle Pitts can actually play football yep. and they use him. But you add him with that run game, with that coach, and the way that he's innovative, I think you have a totally different team that can win games. You can get two tools for him probably. The best thing that could happen to him is to be to get the heck up out of Chicago. Meanwhile, tonight we have the 33rd Annual Home Depot College Football Awards. Nagandi and Jen Lotta will host. Greg McElroy, Sam Acha will be there. Coverage 7 Eastern on ESPN. Coming up, more on the Steel City Stinker. After an inexcusable five-day stretch, have we seen all the Steelers we need to see? The answer is next. 